We have come to the Sunday, which is known as the Sunday of All Saints, Donahion Pandon. And this comes to us exactly one week after Pentecost. And so it comes in a bigger circle to the end of an 18-week kind of period, beginning in the Triosion, where we had to kind of evaluate what we were all about, those three weeks prior to Great Lent. Then we moved into Clean Monday and Great Lent, which was a time of more, let's say, intensified prayer, a time to kind of weed out the old habits and to condition ourselves spiritually to have new habits, habits that were rooted in Christ. And so then we went to Holy Week and we lived the passion of Christ, but also the glorious resurrection of our Lord. And we left Holy Week in what is the Paschal season or the Pentecostarion, as it's known in Greek words. And that's the period we've been up to now, which is celebratory and it's a renewal, it's bright, there's so much excitement, there's an air in the sky, you know, something, a great feeling here. And then we come to Pentecost and the descent of the Holy Spirit, and then all saints. And some may see this kind of as an ending. You know, everything came to an end, now we're back to normal. But it's in the wisdom of the church that she allows this replay every year to occur in order kind of like to graduate from the course again of the good reminder, the refresher of what our life should be all about, which is connected to Christ. And the ultimate kind of goal of our life is to be in the Lord's kingdom because even the Lord will say to us, what does it profit you if you gain everything in this world but you lose your soul and you don't have anything to show for and it's a dead end. So we come to this kind of great, wonderful moment in the church surrounded as the epistle said for those of you who were here by a cloud of witnesses. These unbelievable unbelievable saints of our church. And so before I delve into what I want to say about the saints, which one can speak about for days on end, I have to tell you, I wanted to talk a few seconds about what are the requirements to be a saint? A lot of times, you know, if you want to be a pilot, you have to go to right, aeronomical school and learn the instrumentations and you learn how to use the throttles in the landing gear. If you want to be a doctor, you have to go to medical school and study hours and hours anatomy, physiology. Uh, we have a doctor here in front of me. Uh, if you want to be a lawyer, you have to learn how to lie and, not, and get away with it. You know, I'm teasing, of course. If you want to be a bodybuilder like I am, you know, you have to work out. And, but in everything in life, in the end of the day, you need to put, there are requirements. I cannot do open heart surgery because I frankly would, would know what I'm doing. And so we have to ask the question, what does it take to be a saint? What does it take to be a Christian? Now, 
if we listen to the gospel today, you would feel, I hope, the way I felt, kind of hammered over the head. Because the words of our Lord, he's not holding back today. He says, if you love your mother and your father and your sisters and your brothers more than you love me, you are not worthy of me. He's absolute. He's saying, you deny me in front of people? Guess what? I'm going to deny you in front of my father in the other life. You live your life here far from me? Guess what? I'm going to be far from you in the other life. If we are not eaten alive by the love we have for our Lord, then something is off in our lives. Think about it. If we said to our spouses, you're my number 16. I love you, don't worry, but you're my number 16. How would that make them feel? How would it make our children feel to say to them, mom and dad love you, but just so you know, you're number 26 on my list. I have my job, I have my friends, I have my hangouts. Now, I'm not talking about human constructs here. I'm talking about God. Let's make it clear today that God is and has to be for the rest of our lives number one. Now, many of you are going to say, oh, Father, I want to live my life. I want to enjoy life. Being close to God is, ugh, you know, I got to do all these things. Today, by coincidence, we celebrate St. Samson, the hotel manager, Xenodojos. In a few days in July, we'll celebrate St. Kirikos at the back of our church. He was one and a half years old when he confessed Christ. Not too far from him will be Saint so-and-so, the gardener. Not too far from him will be a woman saint who was 25 and martyred. Not too far from that feast will encounter other saints, men, women, children, adults, bishops, priests, deacons, doctors. See, the church is replete with all kinds of saints. It's not one path that leads to holiness. There are multiple paths that get there. And that's the beauty of God's grace in the Holy Spirit, is that you don't have to be anyone except you before God, so long as, and what's the common denominator? God's your number one. Some people say again that they feel choked. Let me give you this example. Maybe it'll help you. You are all here today, Presumably, and I hope that all of you live in a home. If you don't, please see me after church where we'll help you. You all are here today because there are laws in the world. There are laws that say when you leave your house, if an unknown person breaks in, steals your things, breaks in, takes some things, he will be held accountable before the law. Yes or no? Of course. There are consequences to that act. So you see how the law sets us free. The law that we have allows for you to live freely and to be here this morning. 
You don't feel choked by the law, do you? That's the same thing with God's law. God's law is not intended to choke us. It's to give us true freedom. It's to give us the freedom that really is meaningful because most of us will struggle with the things that make us salty like a fish. Most of us will struggle with remaining what we should be, untouched by the world. Do you know what the word aios means in Greek? It means set apart, not part of something. Our lives are called to be ayi, to be set apart from this world. Our passports don't read earth. Our passports read kingdom of heaven. But we hear the words of our Lord, if you deny me, I will deny you. And the saints proved that they not only were committed to Christ, as we heard in the epistle reading, but they were sawn in half, they were scourged, they were thrown in fire, they were imprisoned, they were chained. I don't think any of us are going through that. I don't think any of us are going through that. So we have this great calling of our Lord to be tied to him, to have him as your love, to be eaten by the love you have for God. And then he says, and if you don't take up your cross and follow me, you're not worthy of me. Here we go again. I ask you to take a quick moment in your minds and to think about a list. I want you to take a moment and list the things that you love. Many of you will say, my children, my husband, my wife. Okay. Now I want you to say and ask yourself, how do you spend the time that God has given you? How many of you, don't raise your hand, would watch one hour of TV a week, a day? You spend an hour in front of a TV. How many of you speak to your children for an hour uninterrupted or you speak to your spouse one hour uninterrupted a day? Don't let me go to social media, which is, I am told for those under the age of 18, on average, three and a half hours a day. Three and a half hours a day, our children are on social media. That translates to, in the lifespan of a normal human being, they will spend 11 years of their life looking down at their smartphone. That's crazy. That's crazy. And I ask all of us in this cathedral, myself included, I have three kids, how many hours a day do our kids read the Bible? How many hours a day do they talk to their parents? You see where I'm going with this. How many hours a day do we go to church? Week, one week. You hear me say it all the time. There's 168 hours in a week. All I ask is for one. Not me. Now, I have nothing to gain. And frankly, God has nothing to gain with all of us being here. He's God. He has no need of us. It's we who have need of him and to be connected to him. Right? Okay. I won't tire you. But at the end of today's gospel comes... A powerful statement of our Lord. I don't know how many of you remember. 
He says, and those who leave their parents and their children and their homelands for my name's sake will be rewarded 100 times and will inherit eternal life. Is there anything greater than inheriting eternal life? Tell me if there is, I want to know. And it's this is what we hold on to. And as we look at our lives, as we reflect on our lives, and we think about our lives, we have to ask the question, where are my priorities? I said to my Goyans a couple days ago, if you show me your agenda, and you show me your bank account, I will tell you exactly where your priorities are. It's as simple as that for me. Where are you spending your time? Where are you spending your money? Tells me what your priorities are. If you're going to football games, no offense to football games. If you're going to all these restaurants, I'll tell you, I like, I'll tell you right, right, right where you go what your priorities are. Some people get a little nervous with money giving and this kind of thing, even to the church. How many coffees do you buy a week? How much money do you give to the church? If you don't want to give to the church, how much money are you giving to charities, to people in need? Think about it. So Christ and the saints are telling us, you got to love me. And what does that do? And I'll close here. When we love God first, my beloved friends, we are better spouses. Because when our egos pop up to fight with our spouse, Christ is saying, it's not about you. You have to show patience. We're better parents because we parents too sometimes think the world revolves around us. It's not the case. But Christ comes and says, you die for yourself, you die for your spouse, you die for your kids. And in this thing is where the grace of God comes to help. What's a saint? A saint is a forgiven sinner. It's a person who asks forgiveness from God. A saint is like me and you guys, a sinner who keeps on trying. So the good news today is that even if you haven't made God a priority, even if he's not your number one today, you can begin today. You can start by doing simple things. And I want to thank you for coming to church today. That's a great first step or step in the right direction. You know, if a ship is heading in the wrong direction, doesn't matter how much strength it has, it's got to be going in the right direction to get where it needs to go. So thank you all for coming this morning. And our prayers go out to our families who have those loved ones that have passed on. We pray for them. You should know that we pray for them at every liturgy. In as much as we pray for all those living and all those who have gone before us, to the Lord. So they're all embraced in the prayer of the church. May God bless you and keep you. And I hope to see you next week for the 4th of July, which will be a beautiful opportunity. We will also do a doxology here, and it'll have an even more celebratory kind of character. Have a blessed day.